Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Eating Habits podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Lynch. I want to take this opportunity to share some exciting and fun events I have coming up in September, right around the corner. The first thing we got going on is Friday, September 23rd. I'll be cooking at the Green Mile Club of the President's Cup at Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina. This will be the day of the cut going into the um, championship weekend, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Chef Adam Hodgson and I will have some really cool snacks that we'll be dishing out at the VIP tent. So if you're at Quail Hollow for the cut, we might see you there. Next up on Saturday, September 24th, the following day, I'll be hosting a four-course Outstanding in the Field dinner at Renfro Farm in Matthews, North Carolina. My menu is totally Carolina-inspired. I'll be using a bunch of my favorite farms to put the dinner together, as well as some veggies from Renfro Farms. This dinner's filling up quickly, so you guys gotta grab tickets now if you want to meet me out there. Um, Go to outstandinginthefield.com and grab those tickets. If you miss me at the President's Cup and the farm dinner isn't really your thing, you can catch up with me the following day, Sunday, September 25th. I will be paired up with a local farm at the Farm to Fork Picnic at Daniel Stowe Botanical Garden. This is a really cool event. There'll be like 25 chefs and farmers paired up putting together a dish at different tasting tents around the Botanical Garden. You'll be able to hang out with us, check out some local beers, local booze, local food, talk with your chefs, get some pictures. It's going to be a really cool afternoon at the gardens. So grab your tickets over there at piedmontculinaryguild.com and look for Farm to Fork on their website. Okay, so now to the show. Today's guest, William Underwood, was the CDC of Bardo and Vana Restaurants in Charlotte, North Carolina. He was working alongside super creative chef Michael Knoll, and they were pushing the envelope to tasting menu cuisine here in Charlotte when he finally hung up his apron, stepped away from the stove to pursue some other creative endeavors. I really enjoyed getting to the bottom of it with William in this week's episode, so I hope you enjoy the show. If you do enjoy, please send me a message and give us a like to help me get this show out to other like-minded food fans. Hey, this is William Underwood, and you're listening to Eating Habits. Very well done. What's up, William? How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for being here. Absolutely, yeah. So I got you in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Tell, um, me, tell me what you've been up to. Man, not cooking, Yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is really weird. How does that feel? I, it feels right. Um, yeah. yeah, it feels... It's not what I expected, for sure, in life, but... I, I don't have the desire to cook right now. Like, that's just really? not, yeah, it's just not on my mind. Uh, it's in, like in the back of my mind, and I can yeah. tell it's like kind of brewing, and it's uh, something. something's brewing with food, but it's like the time has to be right for it. And it feels like right now I'm able to do a lot of things that just help me get in the right headspace for, for when I do it. Gotcha. So previously, before your hiatus, well, first of all, how long have you not been cooking? You, Since November of last year. Okay, so we're creeping up on, it's like 10 months or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Okay. Previously to that, you were the CDC, Chef de Cuisine at Bardo um, and Vana Restaurant. I think you kind of were managing both kitchens at that point. Yeah, so, and that that was, towards the end of my time there, I was actually officially, my, my official title was executive chef and head of cultural development. So gotcha. it shifted eventually from being CDC primarily in a creative role to operations. Yep. Um, and that was probably the last six months I was there, I would say, is where I was really like, yeah, just doing operations side of front and back of house. So what So what happened? So what? 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 what why the change? Why the break? Why all that? Uh, I was just, I was ready for it. I was, yeah, I think I always listen to my gut. I always like... Uh, feel things out and I know when when the time for something is is done and it was just done I don't have I don't know any big particular reason I definitely noticed my health starting to dwindle and 
you know, at that time I had a seven month old daughter, six, seven months old. Congratulations, by thank, the way. How's thank she you. doing? She's good. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I've been like, been able to spend so much time with her, which is again, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to take the break. Um, yeah. so yeah, I felt like I, I needed to kind of pull myself out of it, just get my head straight, do the things I wanted to do, which was spend time with my wife and daughter and pursue art and yeah, been able to do all that. So you mentioned your health dwindling. I'm interested in that. What, like, what, what about it? Was it mental? Was it physical? Was it like, and, and, and if you, if you don't mind talking about it, like what, what was yeah. going on there? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess both, um, probably physical because of mental. Yeah. In fact, up to me leading, I'd put my notice in with them and I was having a lot of tests and procedures done. I was getting tested for an autoimmune disorder, which now just looks like was probably stress. I probably had a lot of my symptoms just from stress, but I was having, yeah, anxiety attacks and like even skin rashes and yeah, gut issues and like just things that w- was clear that my body wasn't healthy. Right. And what kind of, like what kind of symptoms were you having? Were you get <clears throat> So the biggest one was like no appetite at all. So mm-hmm. I couldn't eat. Been there. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't eat and a lot of like I was having like sometimes three panic attacks a day and like panic attacks to the level where like my legs were shaking. I couldn't stand up like mm. I had to physically go sit down. I think I've tried to block this couple months out of my mind, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And then just, like I said, I was having some problems with my gut and like uh, stomach pain. And, um, so they were looking for ulcerative colitis and yeah, eventually muscle aches, like a lot of things that, um, now looking back and educating myself a little bit, I'm realizing like, Oh, that was probably just stress and anxiety. And gotcha. So they didn't find any real physical issues with you. Well, from a health standpoint, no, they, they said that it's, I likely do have some sort of autoimmune disorder, but that stress is the single biggest like agitator for that. So if I'm any under any stress, then that's going to present itself and give me, give me issues. Can we talk about the stress a little bit? Yeah. Cause absolutely. I think that's a super important part of our industry that normal folks or, or we'll call them pedestrians right. <laughs> who are not in, yeah, yeah. The, in the kitchen or in the restaurant business, maybe don't feel that kind of stress, but like there's a lot of stress when you're handling food for people, right? You're responsible yeah. for putting out health, like food that's safe for people to eat. Um, you're working at a super high level, working for somebody else. Yep. You're managing other people's money, yep. uh, which is a huge stress. I mean, I, I remember, I, I think back to like when we opened Five Church, like that was my first like ownership um, executive chef role and like managing all this money for yep. people. I was freaking out. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and didn't really know how to do it. And then, and then you got all the people, yeah, you got all these, these staff that look up to you that were, um, you know, that need you to, to guide them along the way. So there's a lot of layers to it. What was your experience with the stress? Like what aspects were most stressful to you? Um, obviously you didn't do a great job of managing it right. at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, you're right. I think a lot of people don't realize like how many, uh, how, how broad the job description of a chef is like how many. Yeah, people don't realize that you have to be good at so many things, or at least proficient in enough things, mm-hmm. from leadership to, to the business side of things, managing money. And now definitely there's a pressure to be creative, too, as the industry, I think, really is starting to transition into being a, uh, an art form. Like, uh-huh. I think it definitely already is. There's no question. But it, it's people are starting to acknowledge that, I think, mm-hmm. on, a, on a larger scale. And, um, you know, we're seeing that just with, restaurants that exist now mm-hmm. um they're just they're art studios you know that's yeah. what it is so yeah there's stress coming in from all these different levels all these different sides and um especially if you want to do things well yeah it's just it's a lot to keep up with to keep track of and then at the end of the day you know you're the one that everybody's looking to like you mentioned you yeah know, you're you're the one that they're kind of yeah, the, you're the one making sure the, the boat goes, you know? <laughs> totally. So. What what part of that was most stressful to you? Like, which part, like, was it kind of equal? Was there one one facet of the, 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 the job that pressured you more than others? No, I think it was uh, my personal life, actually. I think, I think, you know, just from a, like, taking care of my body standpoint, you know, I had a new baby. I wasn't sleeping well. And then I felt... Uh, pressured mostly all from myself really like my wife was always so supportive of, of my career and but like I wanted to be home 
Like, that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be at my house. I didn't want to listen to the hoods over my head, like, every second of the day anymore. (laughs) 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 Yeah, right, nonstop. You know, sick of the smell of bleach and uh, getting home late. And, yeah, I think it was that. I think at the end of the day, I was honest with myself, and I I didn't like what I was spending my time doing every day. Gotcha. And I think I lost interest in food, which was big. Like, I I stopped uh, being creative with food and having the desire to to taste things. Yeah. and that was a red flag for me and something that I realized, like, okay, what am, what am I in this for right now? You know, because mm-hmm. this isn't the reason I got into it. So let's talk about that. Like, first of all, that sucks. Like, right. I totally feel that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it's important to, like, I've, I've been there uh, a couple times, you know, the, mm-hmm. that burnout where you're just like, you know, <laughs> falling apart, yeah. right? Everything's just falling apart. You can't seem to keep it together. Um, you kind of lose track of what's important and what you should be doing and, you, just, you know, and, and just because you're kind of so wrapped up in, in all of it that you're missing yeah. on all of it, yeah. right? You're not doing anything well. You're missing a little bit everywhere. Yeah. That's a really awful feeling. So I can totally relate to that. Yeah. But how did you get into it? So, you know, if, if, if the creative process was kind of slipped away and your interest in food was, you know, kind of gone, what, why did you get into cooking in the first place? Yeah, so... I guess I have to start about telling you when I was like a kid, when I was a child. So yeah. I grew up, I grew up on a farm in like middle of nowhere, Eastern Kentucky, Appalachian mountains. Nice. Um, what kind of farm? What'd you guys have it, there? It was like, so yeah, I'm from a very large family. I have nine siblings, depending on how you count it. But, um, <laughs> so my parents, yeah, they bought some land out in, like I said, the mountains of Eastern Kentucky and uh, couldn't really grow vegetables there. Like you had to bring in all your own soil cause it's just, clay like it's just Uh, gnarly gnarly soil but we had goats and horses and chickens and ducks and uh, we raised our own pigs for meat and we milked our goats and made cheese and yeah that was that was my childhood i had like i had a like amazing childhood my parents Mm -hmm. like were very intentional about um i don't know i guess getting us in touch with what life really is you know about like the growing food and yep um taking responsibility for your own food and like where it comes from and all that kind of stuff yeah i love that so during that time i uh got into ballet of all things um how how did that happen i gotta i gotta ask oh so (laughs) man a girl i liked (laughs) was uh it's always the girl. Yeah, it's all, yeah, the girl, it the girl it, always. Yeah, the only thing that can make a, a 15-year-old put on tights. Is, yeah. So but yeah, it? so I started because of that, because I yeah. wanted. I knew she she danced at the studio. Um, I liked her. I wanted to. That was the only way I could. She was a couple years older than me, so that's the only way I could like uh, be around her, have proximity to her. And I loved it. Like, I loved dancing. Like, yeah. I loved... So the girl, the girl got you hooked, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then you kind of fell in yeah, love with... Yeah, and then she disappeared a couple months later, and, you know, I'm stuck in the studio still wearing tights. And, <laughs> yeah, but in love with it. Like, just, yeah. uh, and excited about it. And, like, just saw myself doing it. Yeah. What What about the dancing did you love? I'm curious. Like, I didn't know it? at that time. Yeah. Because, um, I, like, I wasn't good at it. You know, I wasn't... <laughs> you didn't have the natural talent. Yeah, no, and, and I started older, so just from a developmental standpoint like with your your frame and your structure for ballet dancers like you really want to start when you're like two years old (laughs) but yeah so I I loved that it was art and I didn't know that then Mm -hmm. but I loved uh just being in touch with uh, a group of creative people and working on projects together and yeah the artistic creative aspect of it but I didn't have any words for it then and obviously like still I don't think those words are specific enough but right yeah, that was that was definitely uh, my plan. My plan was to be a ballet dancer, and um, ended up when I was 16 years old, moving away from Kentucky to uh, St. Augustine, Florida, to attend a pre-professional program. Was thinking that's what I wanted to do for my career, and then my senior year, um, I was supposed to be out auditioning for uh, ballet companies, and I was I had a hip injury, and kind of was out for a couple weeks, and started uh, bussing tables and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, being a uh, food runner and dishwasher at this restaurant. And I guess I didn't realize how much I loved food until then. Mm-hmm. Um, like, actually, I couldn't actually acknowledge how much I loved food until then because right. I looked back at, like, my childhood growing up on this farm and, and making our own food and always, like, I was always in the kitchen with my mom and with my grandmother. And, but I didn't think much of it until I, you know, started to work in restaurants. Just right. To, see, it, see it in, like, a professional setting yeah. where people are doing it as a 
as a, as a career, as a job, as a, you know, environment where people come to, right. You know, enjoy the food or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. And I think cooking felt a lot like dancing to me at that point, but I loved it more. Like I, and I was better at it. I think really that's the thing. I was a lot better at cooking than I was dancing. Like cooking just felt like me. It was very natural and I didn't have to think about it. It just happened. And then, you know, so I'm kind of have that starting to pick up some, one of, one of the, I should say one of the, uh, or the exec chef at one of the restaurants I was running at was this really great Italian restaurant in St. Augustine. And she uh, used to work for Sean Brock. And okay. so like the convert, like literally the conversation that actually pulled me into the industry was I was talking with her and she mentioned Sea Island Red Peas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and so I made some comment about Sean Brock, you know, that was whatever I was 16 years old. So a couple what, of year, what year was this roughly 2016, I think. Yeah. 2016. Okay. Yep. So, and she's like, she's like, how do you know who Sean Brock is? And, and like I said, that's when I realized that's when I could look back and see like, Oh, I've, I've like been methodically studying food and menus and just because that was my hobby. Like I was, you know, dancing and planning on pursuing that, but food was all I thought about when I was at home. Gotcha. And so, like, and so how did you research food at that point? Like, were you like buying cookbooks? Were you going out to eat? Like, what was your, your process to explore? So every time, pretty much, I was pretty, I was pretty methodical about it, but every time uh, Michelin released a new guide, I, f- I followed a few cities or every time the top 50 list came out, I would go like literally click every single restaurant and look at their menu Yeah. and I would read their menu and until I found an ingredient or a technique I didn't know about. And then I would Google it. Right. And I did that. Yeah. I think probably every, every single night for, um, a couple of years. Yeah. And I was just you like, were obsessed. Yeah. I was obsessed, <laughs> but I didn't know it. You know, yeah, that's yeah. just like this is how you spent your time. Yeah. That's how I like yeah. wound down and let my body recover mm-hmm. from dancing. 50 Most kids play video games right? <laughs> and you scour the internet right. for food related. Yeah. Stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> Stalking chefs and restaurants yeah, on the yeah. Michelin guide. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. So how'd you, how'd you come across Sean? I mean, there, uh, at I that point, pro- I think there was, a, I mean, he was it, 2016 ish like that. Like he was popping off at McCready's, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he was really starting to become, you know, like a focal point for yeah. Charleston cooking Appalachian kind of yeah. farm to table stuff. Like he was really pushing that. Right. Yeah. I think he had a, it was, uh, the mind of James chef. Beard. Yeah. James Beard. He did. He won a James Beard already. Yeah, I think so. But then he was on Netflix had a show, The Mind of a Chef. I guess CBS had it. It was on Netflix. Yeah. And I think that was probably the first time I actually learned about him was Mm -hmm. from that show. Um, Again, because I was just like any any food or restaurant related content I could get my hands on. I was just like devouring. And so, but yeah, that show was actually pretty impactful for me as far as just like kind of shedding a new light on like, okay, that's like actually a really cool industry where it's not just... I don't know. Just gave me a different idea of what the industry could look like. Sure, it's not just a, a it's not a, a band of pirates right. like smoking cigarettes on the line yeah, and, and like flipping like the, burgers. Yeah, yeah, and, the, yeah, the Tony Bourdain version. Yeah, there's actually like a ultra like you know engaged artistic kind of part of the whole yeah. scene too. Absolutely, gotcha. So that's that that's the part of cooking that really grabbed you was that artistic, soulful part of. Yeah, being a chef. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I didn't realize it then, just like I didn't realize what it was about dancing. And I think it's been a, a more recent thing for me to actually be able to identify like, oh, I really love art. Like I love that's what I want to spend my life doing is making art. Yeah, with with cooking, it took me a little while to realize that. And I probably didn't really realize it until I was working for Mike at Bardell. Gotcha. So so let's get there. So so you so you're the chef in in St. Augustine. You know, you're chatting with her about Sean. Yep. Obviously, you realize that you're obsessed with food, right. and maybe this is something you can do. Where do you go from there? Yeah, so that was, that was the year I was graduating high school, I guess. Um, so I was, my plan was to, like I said, audition for companies, but I got this inju- hip injury and got the same injury in my other hip, like as soon uh, as I finished recovering. And I remember talking to a doctor and him being like, man, like, it's just the shape of your body. He's like, as long as you're dancing, you're going to be in this office with this injury. Like, and that's just that. Uh, um, which was actually a huge relief for me because I didn't realize, like, how much more I wanted to cook than dance. Right. Um, kind of forced you to Right. So at that point, that. at that point, I knew I wanted to cook. So that, that same chef at that Italian restaurant got me um, a job in Jacksonville. Florida. So yeah, moved from St. Augustine to Jacksonville. And like, literally I had a, 
a 98 Ford Escort station wagon <laughs> and like could fit everything I owned into yeah. the wagon and just drove to this room I rented from two roommates I'd never met and <laughs> I started cooking. Cool. Yeah. Right on. How long were, so how long were you in seeing, uh, in Jacksonville? I was in Jack. Well, so I actually ended up working between J- Jacksonville and back in St. Augustine. It's only like an hour. Or so, but about three years kind of just in the scene working at, um, at least my favorite restaurants in that area. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I was cooking in that area for about three years before I moved to Charlotte. What kind of food were you cooking at that time? Like, were you doing, I mean, Bordeaux is a very specific style of yeah. service and food that, um, and we'll get to that because I want to talk a little bit about that. There's not a lot of it like that around Charlotte. Right. But in, in, in you know, what, northern Florida right, at that Florida, point, yeah. what, what was what was the, the culinary scene like? Like, what kind of food were you engaged in? What, you, what were you learning? That kind of stuff. Yeah. I knew I wanted to start French and get, like, a foundation because I knew I didn't want to go to culinary school. Like every smart, sh- yeah, smart move. <laughs> every chef, every chef I worked for or talked to was like, "Yeah, don't go to culinary school. Just, yeah. um, you know, work in good kitchens and and uh, you know, just bring a notebook. Yeah, learn, learn learn everything you can. Right. And so I had a, a really strong advantage from a starting point, like from my first job as a line cook, because if anybody in the restaurant was interested in the really fine dining scene, like I, uh, I knew more about that than anybody did. Like I knew more about what what restaurants were doing and what was current and um, from all your research and just being totally absorbed in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that kind of gave me a leg up, but I started like really strong French foundation at uh, restaurant Orsay in Jacksonville, which is a French restaurant. They got a James Beard nomination one year and definitely the only restaurant in that area doing food to the level they were, but they were, you know, that's French comfort food. And that was great as a business that was run really well. And um, I think really like, solidified for me that like okay yeah i want to i want to do this like i'm going to keep pursuing this and went from that french cooking to a peruvian restaurant a little man i think it was 24 seats mm-hmm. um and it was in saint augustine and um spent about a year year and a half there uh and that was a very very uh important point of my career because that's when i actually started to be able to be creative with food mm-hmm. So, and the chef there was amazing. Uh, just kind of let me, like, let me, he was Peruvian and was teaching me, like, the way that he learned to cook food in Peru, but he had a very, like, futuristic and forward thinking, creative approach to cooking. And he kind of took me under his wing and, uh, you know, let me develop my own style a little bit. And yeah, and that was, that was my last, yeah. And then I'd worked in barbecue a little bit. I, that's, um, one of the first things I obsessed over in food was barbecue. So, mm-hmm. cause it's delicious. It's, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you yeah. know, smoked meat is awesome. Right. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to, to eat and yeah, it just made me happy. So I, cool. I was able to, to do that and yeah, that was so one. pork or brisket, brisket, yeah. brisket's your jam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Salt and pepper on brisket <laughs> and, and really good smoke and that's it. Yeah. Cool. All right. So from there, Charlotte? Where, yeah. How'd you, how'd you so, make it to Charlotte? Like, yeah. So I got married in Florida. In Florida, you met your wife there. Okay. Yeah, I was nineteen. Okay. So how old are you now? Twenty-four. Okay, you're 24. super young. Yeah. To be to be <laughs> to be to be have made it through the the restaurant kitchens and basically taken a step back. Right. You 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 have like a fast track approach to this whole yeah, career thing. That's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So married at 19. Yeah. I, did, I don't think I, you know, I didn't plan it that way. Right. Um, like I said, I always go with my gut, you yeah. know, and as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, it's just what I do. And mm-hmm. I've had pretty good results with it so far, I think, but I'm like learning the life side of it. Like, okay, yeah. how can I be healthy too? So yeah, I got married and we knew we wanted to move away from Florida. We were just kind of down there. There weren't any restaurants there that I wanted to work in. Like, like Miami had yeah. was the closest. I didn't want to move there. Right. You kind of dabbled in the food scene. You got some some culinary chops, and you're like, all right, now I need to look for somebody right. who's doing more of the stuff that was in line with what you were thinking. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, so really, I mean, you could break it down. I pretty much did two years of like quality volume work mm-hmm. at the restaurants, and then one year of creative work. And from there, I, I was so actually I wanted to go stage at Favican. That was my plan, mm. but that's right around the time that we ended up getting married. Why? Why Favikin? I just liked his food. I liked Magnus's 
Yeah. yeah, actually, I was at Mad Academy in Copenhagen this year. No and way. Yeah, Rad, so dude. I got to meet him and uh, be a part of that. And that was that was super cool. That was yeah. crazy. Uh, so talk a little bit about that, because that's that's an interesting like. That that's a big that's a big move, right? Like that's a big like to cross the ocean. Yeah, yeah. To, to follow a chef. His food's super creative. Like it's, it's wild, right. too. But for people that may not know, like what, why? Why that? And what is it? So why Favikin? Yeah, yeah, and where uh, and where is it? Like I think, right, like, yeah. Like, like, how do you go from like Jacksonville, right, <laughs> right? To yeah, like I want to be in. So Magnus may have been on that same show, Mind of a Show. He was. He was at some point. So, maybe the second, the next season or something. I don't think they were on the same. Yeah, maybe maybe he was the last episode. I think. Yeah, I think so. I'm not the last episode of the first season. I need to go back and watch. Everybody, that. go check a, it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's an amazing it's series. It's a really good show. Yeah. I rewatch it all the time too. Hey, Anthony Bourdain narrated it. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, super it's a very ins it's super inspired chef stories yeah right and i think for me um like i love i love that series too because it, like the podcast like you get to glimpse into why yeah. other people do what they do right right and their approach and all that kind of stuff and i think that's awesome yeah so okay so magnus yeah so i think being able to watch that and just hear him talk about food and his philosophy i was able to like connect at that point, connect the art of his food to his person a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I loved his, just his whole philosophy on cooking absolutely matched what I wanted to do and what I wanted to learn and the restaurants that I wanted to be a part of. What was that? I mean, Put words to that. Right, that, so that. his restaurant was in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. right? Jean Norway, and yeah. he... Like smack dab in the middle of Scandinavia. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, like in the mountains. Yeah, like I think, uh, yeah, I don't even... I can't imagine that. I can't imagine to be like, yeah, I'm going to open up this restaurant here. And, I, you know, it wasn't just a restaurant. It was, a, a, I guess, kind of a resort, whatever. Yeah. But I loved that. I loved that he was like, this is just what I want to be a part of, this restaurant that's going on. So he moved out there, and, you know, they're growing all their own food and foraging their food. And he did a lot of work that was very in touch with his, I guess, the, the food of that area, like, mm -hmm. historically. Yep. But, yeah, I remember, like, learning about him. Um, and his approach is, like, super modern yeah like he, like like he takes he takes these ideas of norwegian food yeah right? like norwegian peasant food basically yeah. like what's available and puts a like hyper modern you know technique driven right. approach to it yeah and it's beautiful like his stuff's like super like immaculate yeah right? like everything has a purpose yeah. on a day like and it's and visually it, stunning yeah it, it is and, it, and it's simple yeah. Right. It's like it's these ingredients, but every right. ingredient on the plate like has a story. And yeah. so that's I think the initial thing that attracted me to him as a chef was when he talked about food, even when he presents its food, it's like this is the story of this ingredient. And mm -hmm. then he says the ingredient name. And so, uh, yeah, I just thought that was beautiful. I thought awesome. like, OK, that's like you're in touch with everything on that plate and it's yep. there for a reason and it's um, intentional. Sweet. So you didn't. So you ended up not going to do that stage. Yeah. Well, why, why not? What was did you? Like I said, so I was... Well, you really um, married, too, at that point. Yeah, right? yeah. I was. I kind of got married, and I was like, okay, I, yeah, I, if I'm going to be married, I probably can't go do that. Yeah, I can't just go hang year. out in Norway for <laughs> right. a year. So, which was, you know, I'd rather be married. And, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm more confident of that than ever. Yeah, um, good. <laughs> but, yeah, and so I think I, we were just looking for, like, okay, where are we going to start our life? Yeah. And... Norway was not it. Norway wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, my wife actually had a lot of connections in Charlotte. She lived here for a little while. She's from Florida. Okay. But she kind of moved, she moved from Florida to Charlotte, back to Florida, where we met. And then we both moved together back to Charlotte because she had people here. And I knew the scene here was, um, I would just have more opportunity and there were more places. So, yeah, I started reaching out to restaurants here. I actually... Chris Coleman was about to open Goodyear House, and I emailed him. Yep. And I was like, hey, I'm looking for something when I start. Not entirely sure where I want to wind up, but I'd love to be a part of what you're doing for a little while if you'll have me. And uh, he got on a phone call with me, and he's like, you're not going to – he's like, you need to work for Mike. Like, he just knew. Like, yeah. Chris was like, yeah, you need to go work for Mike. And right. I think that was You're like, not going to be happy doing what right. I do. And so he, like – yeah, he emailed me and Mike together, and, like, it was super cool of him, but it was, like, I don't know where that intuition from him came from because, like, working for Mike totally changed my whole life and career and was amazing. So Coleman got you in touch with, with Mike? With Mike, and then, yeah, I came and did a stage at Bardo, 
When was this? I mean, he was he newly open at this point? Bardo was. I don't. I don't remember if they had just celebrated a year or were about to celebrate a year. Okay, but so it was, it was like early on. Yeah. Like he was just like kind of getting his feet feet yeah. under him here in town. Yeah, they gotcha. were kind of at a point where they at that point had a, a staff, so um, he was able to, you know, trust people at the pass and and focus on what he needed to. And um, yeah, pretty much he hired me as a line cook, and um, I was like a tornot to start for like two weeks, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, his whole staff pretty much left. So, well, I shouldn't say his whole staff left. People were trickling out. Like, yeah, it, w- it was kind of like a few, a couple of people had left, so they were short. And so me coming on helped that. And then, yeah, they just had people who had, had noticed it. And some of them were moving to Chicago and some of them were in school. And um, So let's talk, real quick, let's talk about Bordeaux and what it is. First of all, for anybody who doesn't know. Right. Who's listening. And, and why that satisfies what you were looking to do. Yeah. And then we kind of trickle through like kind of that, that story. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So Bardo now it's a tasting menu restaurant. Uh, when I started, it was shared plates, but it was, um, they were developed like tasting menu, mm-hmm. um, dishes. Like that's how there's just a larger portion. So you could share them. Um, because that's what Mike and Jason thought would serve the Charlotte community better. What people would be more into. Once I started there and got promoted to Sue and then CDC, I was kind of a part of transitioning to be like, Hey, let's just do tasting menu. Like, I think we can do it. We can, we can, um, I think we can make it happen. Yeah. And, um, I think that's what Mike had always wanted to do. And so transitioned into tasting menu, but the food at Bardo is it's, it's its own thing. Really. I think Mike has done a really good job of, um, having his unique style and that's really hard to find with chefs like mm-hmm. artists, you know, they, they get their style eventually and they develop it. Um, and, I think chefs do that uh, too, obviously. But Mike did a really good job of like, it was Mike's food, you mm-hmm. know. Like I can I can taste a dish now and know if it was from Mike's brain or somebody else's. And I loved that working for him. It's like okay, this guy's like knows what he wants in food, and so he yeah learned a ton from him, and he um, just helped me yeah become a chef really. Mm-hmm. You know, he helped he helped me uh, know what it takes to run a restaurant and lead a staff and. Uh, write menus and he gave me a lot of autonomy to be creative and and do the food that I wanted to do which was I think complemented his style really well how active were you in developing the menus and the 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 tasting and also so that right like how how involved were you and Mike like did you guys collaborate on that was it kind of like each had like hey I want you to have I want you to take care of the the fish dish today this it's on you and you you kind of do it right or was it collaborative like across the board where you guys like kind of tighten it like that yeah yeah so mike and i we're like yin and yang we're Mm -hmm. like opposing forces that just complement each other really well um and so we didn't even think about it like Mm -hmm. we just started we just made dishes both of us had ideas sometimes i was doing most of the creative work at bardo like most of the writing and kind of had mike to guide me or if i had questions or uh whatever um but it, yeah, it was very organic. I would make a dish and put it in front of him and he would taste it and be like, okay, I want to change this. And he would make a dish and let me taste it. And I would be like, okay, I think it would be cool if we added this to it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we didn't, we just danced, you know, nice. we just, yeah, yeah, it good. just was natural for us. And that was, that was so much fun. So like, was that the connection for you? The dance? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you guys like work, I, working together, that partnership to like create something yeah. together that ended up, you know, being I mean, I, I've eaten at Bardo a few times and the, and the food is beautiful and super tasty and wicked creative. And so like, I can see how that yeah. connection might yeah, definitely satisfy that. Definitely like instantly felt like home being mm-hmm. there. I think I was, yeah, I was just really fortunate to be there when I was, um, and developed a really good relationship with Mike and Jason. And, um, they asked me to help open Vana. This was, I mean, so I got, I guess, promoted to CDC. I started in September, and I was CDC by Christmas that year. Mm-hmm. So, was that 2018? Yeah, because I, I think, think it was. Because I was actually, I actually went and staged with you guys. A yeah, yeah. Because I was prepping for Top Chef. Right. Right. Yeah. I was prepping for the um, All Star season. Yeah. So I came over. I had met Mike a bit, eating there a bunch of times. I was like, hey, let me. I'm gonna come hang in your kitchen a little bit and see what's going on. Yeah, I, I was. I was in the kitchen then. Yeah. I, rem- I remember that. Yeah. Um, Just kind of scoping shit out, looking for. Like weird tricks, you know, right. how to step up my game. Yeah, so... So I think that was 2018. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I remember uh, we actually were at, I guess, Five Church at that time uh-huh. for New Year's 2019. Like me and That's Mike right. celebrating me getting promoted and yep. um, the new year and all that. So, yeah, really 2019 is when I really started to primarily be able to be a creative with food. Uh, so I got to, we got to, you know, springtime and Vana was on the way and they asked me to be involved with that process and basically be the CDC for both restaurants. Mm-hmm. So... Mike and I wrote the opening menu for that, um, and we ran it that way a little while where I was, like, Mike was exec and I was CDC, and then I had sous chefs at each restaurant, and Mike and I were doing the creative work mostly, and then the sous chefs would add stuff, and then eventually I moved the structure around and changed it to something that was a lot more efficient, and I think just let people, like, run with what they were good at, Mm because both restaurants right now have amazing CDCs. Matt at Vana and Kenny at Bardo are, like, out of control, just talented, really great cooks, really great chefs, really nice guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's been, so I, I kind of promoted each of them and I guess myself at the same time, uh, and made each of them CDC. Um, and then I t- took on exec and was more, um, operations, like more yep. focused on just helping Mike and Jason run the business however I could. Yeah. Find areas to make it better and stuff yeah. like that. Let's, I want to, I want to hear a little bit about the, like the management side of things, like moving into that role, going from being a line cook, like a Tornant early on at Bardo, and then like pretty quickly moving up into like a sous chef position, like, A, what does that position look like? Um, You know, like, what are you responsible for that you weren't before? That kind of thing. And then moving into, um, you know, CDC and exec, like leadership positions. It seemed like that for you happened really fast. I mean, you're 24, so yeah. it happened fast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know? absolutely yeah. You know, um, w- which is fine. I mean, but like, what was that experience like? Like, were you good at it? Did you have, um, were the challenge, like what kind of challenges did you face for that? Yeah, I think, man, I love people. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, I think that's hopefully like my defining characteristic and the legacy I love is that, leave is that I love people. So, which is one of the reasons I loved working in restaurants, because you're so close to these other people around you, right? Like, you're on the same team. And I think that was probably one of the biggest reasons I was able to move up as quickly as I did, because I was always aware of what the people needed next to me. That's one of the reasons it became so stressful to me, too, Mm -hmm. because these people around me needed things, and I I could only give so much. And so, yeah, I think when you care about other people, it naturally you're just like in touch with what needs to be done and able to learn and understand and, and comprehend um, just where you need to be when. And so I think that was uh, a lot of just what helped me move up quickly, but it was, it was very hard. You know, it was really difficult. It was all of a sudden uh, I'm leading two separate uh, kitchens, you know, I'm leading two kitchens that were new, you know, mm-hmm. two kitchen, two new staffs at two new restaurants that, you know, I really believed in the work we were doing. I think that was a big part of the stress was like believing in the work, right? Yeah. Believing in the work and not letting anything compromise and just caring. Mm-hmm. What was the most challenging part of that for you? Because as you were saying that, I was kind of, I was thinking back to when we opened Five Church here in Charlotte. Yeah. And I was trying to think in my own head, like, what was difficult for like, I was a fucking train wreck when we did that. Like I, I had a chip on my shoulder and I had a lot to prove from a culinary standpoint. Right. And I had the cooking chops to do it. Like there was no doubt. I was right. like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to do my thing yeah. and force this shit on people and they're going to love it. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. But the stress that went along with that, because I knew very little about the financial aspect of things. I knew basic kitchen math. Yeah. Right? Like cost of goods sold. Yeah, how yeah. do you calculate cost of goods sold? That's right. about all I knew. Yeah. I had no idea really how to control it. Right. I had no idea how it affected, you know, the PL and all this like business side of stuff. Um, I also, you know, I had been a CDC and a sous chef for for some really remarkable chefs in different experiences. Right. Most of them were old school chefs. Um, they came from kind of the old guard kind of approach to leading a kitchen. There was a lot of screaming, yelling. Yeah you know, abuse kind of yeah. stuff. Um, that's what I learned. That's the, the yeah. environment that I learned in. And so I didn't have the tools. I was an amazing leader, right? Like mm-hmm. I had a vision and I had a story to tell and I could, and I could verbalize that to my team and I could get them yeah. to see the, like what we were trying to achieve. Yeah. Uh, but my management skills were awful. Like I did not know how to talk to people mm. and get them to do what I wanted them yeah. to do. 
to, you know, just manage time and stuff like that. Like I was awful about that. I could write a very detailed prep list, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like my, my skills as a cook and as a, as a <laughs> right. chef were, were amazing. I was hyper organized, so clean and orderly and yeah. all that. But just the management part of things, I was awful yeah. at. And, and I really struggled at that for a long time. But the thing I think, and that was, that was very difficult for me to make that transition into like management. But the most stressful and difficult thing for me, I think, was sustaining the, the vision long enough to get through that first couple years yeah. where to get people to buy into it, like right. to get the public to buy in, right? Because you're, you're selling an experience and a food experience and all this stuff that maybe the community is not ready for or used to. Yeah. What was the, the most difficult thing for you? in that experience because i mean you had two two fairly new restaurants yeah they opened pretty quickly yeah the the business side of things uh were very natural to me like uh, that's just the way my mind works i'm very strategic and like um so i think i was able to handle that side of it well like that was just natural i didn't think about it leadership also is pretty natural um for me and i felt like like i said I think just because people knew I cared about them and wanted what was good for them. Like I had a really strong team of people who, you know, just wanted to, to do well. Mm-hmm. So I think the, I think the hardest thing for me was maybe just the expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe just that the, the expectation is there that like, Hey, you're the man, like you're the guy, anybody, anything goes wrong. Yeah. You have the answers, right? You, you, have you, the answers. you know, you know right. what's up. Right. Like. And I uh, don't, yeah, I don't yeah. have the answers. Um, Here's a little hint for you. Okay, I'm 47. All right, yeah. I don't know dick about shit. Okay, yeah. like what you learn as you get older is right. that you know nothing. Mm. You think you know when you're when you're like in that position, right. and you're like, wait, I don't know. Yeah, and like I can I can usually figure it out. You know, I yeah. can make it happen. Um, but really, I think I think like you know the industry is the industry, and it's always been that. My my life circumstances changed. Like I said, I was married. I had a had a baby, and like, I think the single thing that put the most stress on me was just me wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, wanting to be with my wife yeah. and my new Newborn, daughter. Newborn, yeah. And, and do my art. And there was other things. There was other things that kind of had were a part of my life or whatever that I wanted to focus more on. And I just felt like, if I want to be a chef and do it right, that has to be my whole entire focus. I need to be singularly focused on that. Or be proficient enough in everything and in leadership that I can um, learn how to have that balance. But I didn't yet. And I wasn't mm-hmm. in a point um, in my career life to really be able to do that, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to set up a role where I could operate and, you know, be at home and spend time with my family. And so, yeah, I think, I think that that was like creating a lot of just turmoil in me, like just uh, having the desire to be with my family and pursue mm-hmm. things in life outside of the kitchen. Yep. And I think that's really hard. I think chefs, you know, you, you said, I remember you said one time chefs are like rock stars, you know, they're like, um, and, uh, it's so true. Like we're all on this team together every single night, like through the thick and thin and it's a stressful environment. You're going through a lot of stress together. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you're partying together and all of that, which I've mostly been able to <laughs> avoid, but yeah, it's it's very consuming. It's a very mm-hmm. consuming lifestyle. Yeah, and and it's on the fringe too. Like you're not yeah. you, like there's it's not a huge community of people. Yeah, right. So it's like that's what I meant about that too. Is like it's it's a very yeah close knit niche fringe kind of yeah. community of people yeah, that yeah. are doing all this stuff. Right, they're having this experience that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they absolutely. can't relate to it. Yeah, and again, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I love the most about the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like I know it. It feels like home. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like my people. Like even now, I'm working part time at a brewery, pouring beers in the evenings, and it's like oh, I just love being around these people. Yeah, it's like they get it. You yeah, know? yeah. So that's that hospitality gene. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about that, and I just want to mention that because um, the hospitality gene, gene, right? Like the taking care of people thing. Yeah. Like that's something that's innate in your <clears throat> being that that makes you really good at at. Um, you know, being a chef and being a leader, but that thing. And I think a lot of people who have that hospitality gene that want to care for people and take care of them. If it's not balanced with the ability to take care of yourself yeah. and to recognize that <clears throat> it can consume you to the point where there's nothing left. Yeah. Right. And, and I've hit that mark. Cause I'm very much like that too. I'm very like, I want to take care of people. It drives my fiance crazy. She's like, dude, 
like how about me yeah right like yeah. i'm here you're like giving everything to everybody all the time yeah. and then you're just like fucking tapped yeah um and and she's right like in that and she's been really great for me to like step back and say okay i have to create a boundary here where you get so, you know so much of the tank is for all of them yeah and then this much of the tank is for me right? yeah and i think that i just wanted to touch on that because i think it's important that like people in hospitality that are really good at it and thrive in it have that yeah. nurturing like want to take care of people thing right and if it's not checked like you can tap yourself yeah. out yeah you i know? think i like i had the exact same conversation it sounds like with my wife and mm -hmm. um and like i said up to the point of me leaving i don't i think people externally like i was doing fine the restaurants were running well my the staff was happy the food was good like mm -hmm. by, by all accounts i was doing a really good job and i don't think people maybe understood why i was as stressed as i was and again i think it wasn't all the restaurant work most of it was me right and like like i said i was having the uh, same conversation with my wife where she's just like she's like when you come home and you're tapped mm -hmm. like yeah you just can't like have the capacity for anything else right and it it didn't feel like that, you know, mm -hmm. it just felt like I'm just working in restaurants. Right. But it's like, it's how you do it. Right. It's like certain chefs, like it's all or nothing. Like there, there yeah. are, there are many chefs out there that are very good about, you know, just doing, you know, doing yeah. what they need to do and executing the thing and yeah. putting out great food at a high quality, but they don't, they're not, they don't have that, you know, intense personal attachment to it. Right. It's like obsession right right i think and that's part of the artistic thing yeah and you know the difference right yeah. when you eat the food you know the difference right so yeah i think i wanted to take time away to figure that out mm -hmm. to be like okay how can i if if i can if i can have this crazy attachment like you know my, my wife and kid are not optional you know right. yeah, yeah so so if something <laughs> has to go it's the career right you know and that's i mean i'm you know i i will yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I, if I'm going to be a chef, I want to learn how I can be a healthy human too. You mm -hmm. know, like I don't think that, that those things should be exclusive. Right. Totally. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that's a lot about what, what our mission is now, you know, doing the tip to kitchen thing and all this is like, how do we restructure our group, the yeah. operations that we're doing um, so that it's not like the restaurants that I worked in. Yeah. Right. Where the expectation was right. like, you just, you work until the work's done, yeah. no matter what it takes. It's all about excellence and being the best yeah. and all that shit, which is great. And like, I still aspire for excellence yeah. and like all that, but like, you know, I'm less concerned about perfection yeah. than I used to be. I'm like, wait, that's a, that's a faulty thought. Like yeah. chasing that is like, you burn out every time. Yeah. Right. It's like, how about just search, you know, try to be excellent. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. You know, we're going to make mistakes. Things are fucked up. Nobody's, you know, the same. And having to like, you know, come to terms with that within our own business where we can make it a healthy um, environment for people to want to be in. Yeah. Right. Because sustainable for a career. Yeah. yeah. And for the industry too. Like, yeah. You know, how many people can handle that kind of abuse, pressure, stress? Yeah. You know, and like, be good at running businesses, right? You know, and it's it's been crazy now. Like actually looking for like office jobs, you know, office jobs that I can do for my studio, work remotely. Um, Could you do that? Could yeah. you do an office job? Yeah, really? I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, like. but I think I think because it's tied to my studio <laughs> and my art, it's it, it's gonna let me sit in both sides of my brain really well. Like yeah. I think it'll be a really good relationship between like working with my hands mm. and and physically producing things in the world. And my job will be, I'm going to be in recruiting. So I'll be mm -hmm. hospitality recruiting. The new chefs need a job. Ring me up. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah. How do they hit you up? Uh, probably Instagram. Okay. LinkedIn. Um, we'll, we'll put, we'll put all the attachments to the, okay. the show notes so people can cool reach out to you. But I was just, I love that cause I still get to be with my people. Right. And yeah. I get to, I get to help people find opportunities. And I think that's the only reason I can do an office job. Actually, I was, I got licensed. I, did all the training to be a mortgage broker earlier this year. And that was an office job. And I, I, I did fine. I could stay in my office, yeah. but I hated the work. And what was missing was like hospitality. I didn't feel like I was taking care of people. Um, yeah. So yeah, this job isn't like I said, what I, or this career move isn't what I expected, but I'm actually really excited for it. I'm excited to get to spend all day on the phone talking to chefs and managers and whatever, and, mm -hmm. and just staying in touch with the industry and also be doing my art. And yep. then, you know, having lunch with my, my wife and daughter every day. Awesome. I want to lead into your art. 
Because I want to talk about that a little bit because I think your art's super cool. But first, I want to know about the food that you were making, the, 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 that you were passionate about. What was your favorite? Like, is you have a favorite dish? Do you have a favorite composition that you put together that you were like, holy shit, I nailed it. Like, this is, this is like oh, my, my jam. Of my own dish. Yes, your okay. own. You're like your thing. Is there one that, you've, that you love that you're like super proud of and like this could be a signature that I could stand behind? Yeah. The, yeah, reason, th- the reason I ask is because I have a bunch of signature dishes that I'm not particularly proud of. Okay. That have become signatures over time. Okay, interesting. Right, through the, through the businesses and through the restaurants, but they're not, they're dishes that I, they didn't come from like my heart. Right. You know, but, the, but people love them and they become like, you become yeah. synonymous with you. And I'm like, great. So this is, this is like uh, <laughs> something I'm going to listen to 10 years from now. I feel like, like what, what, the- the, what the hell, William? Yeah. Like, that's, that's gross. <laughs> uh, so I can think of like, I'm torn between three off the top of my head. Okay. I think mostly thanks to Mike, I was able to develop my, my personal style flavor wise pretty quickly. Yep. And it was just, I think I'd read a lot, you know, I'd, read a lot and I, I understood flavors and, and composition and all that I'm trying to de- decide which of the three I'm going to go with. You can all say right. all three. Okay. I'll just <laughs> yeah. list the components. Yeah. Maybe it'll make more sense. <laughs> so I did a, a soba noodle carbonara mm-hmm. at Bardo and it was uh, basically soba noodles coated in duck fat hollandaise with uh, duck breast bacon, uh, whipped bliss maple syrup and freeze dried coffee. Nice. So it's like a little pasta course. Yeah. I did a trail mix with like foie gras morsels at Bardo. So we just like did cool dried fruits and cashews and foie gras morsels. And you ate it like it was uh, nitro Foie gras morsels. How'd you do that? Yeah. So basically you make like a, a pate and tempered it and piped it into liquid nitrogen. And just froze and it up. And broke the pieces up. Did you free? You had to freeze it all minute, no? Because wouldn't no. it... W- we could hold what? it in the freezer for service. Okay. So but like, you had to serve it cold or else it would yeah. turn back to... Yeah, so like, we kept the morsels in the freezer and then just folded it into our trail mix mixture yep. and then you ate it with a spoon. And it just like kind of liquefies in your yeah, mouth. Like, yeah, some fluid filled with it. And, um, nice. Then the other one was um, a cheese course, also on the tasting menu at Bardo, and it was fermented yeast and honey ice cream with mm. uh, Humboldt Fog cheese frozen and grated yeah. over the top. Uh, walnuts and sourwood honey. Yeah, that was it. So it was like a quenelle of yeast ice cream with cheese. So what about those three dishes make them dishes that you're so proud of? Like what about them stick um, out as, as dishes that you're you're happy with? They were really good. Like yeah. like eating them. They, they worked. They were delicious. Yeah, yeah. and um, I think it, it suited it suited my palate really well. Like when I ate it, it made me happy. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that was. The, and I knew like if it made me happy, there were other people who would like it too. Mm-hmm. Um, How much of your approach to food was about making food that made you happy? Right? That you're like, I mean, obviously that just listening to those courses, right? They're super creative, right? You right. take you take ingredients out of their normal environment that people recognize them in, right? And you present them in like a totally different way or an right. environment and in combination yeah that's super creative how much of the dish that you're proud of or your approach is about dishes that make you happy or make other people happy like other people are going to get is that even a consideration are you like hey i've got this really creative idea yeah and i hope i can get people there right. like i hope i can I th- lead them to it yeah or i think you- i think i'm most interested in finding the people who my food naturally makes happy and just make them happier. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, you know, my food's not always going to serve a, a broad audience. That's not, if I'm honest with myself and what I love to cook and what satisfies me in the kitchen. Yeah. It's, it's, I think maybe a smaller group of people who are going to get it, but mm-hmm. I think those people are really going to get it. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of, yeah, my motivation for, for cooking. Cool. All right, sweet. Yeah, so I wanted to, I just wanted to, I wanted to hear about your food right. artistry yeah, yeah. before we let into um, what you're doing now. So all this, you know, culmination of all this work kind of compressed leads you to d- make the decision to kind of step out of the kitchen for a bit. Yeah. Reassess a little sabbatical maybe. Yeah. And so what are you doing now? Yeah, so have plans to open a restaurant. Like I have the the concept for it. Okay. Um, I have the name I can't really talk about it, but I have like kind of financials falling into place. Can you say where is it local? I, I, I think it'll be in Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, not entirely sure the time frame. We actually just found out that 
Uh, my wife is pregnant. It's a boy. Whoa! Congratulations, yeah. When's dude. When's this podcast come out? Uh, this will be like so. it'll be in like two weeks. Okay. Right? Or we can we'll, we'll figure it out. We can do it next week. Whatever. <laughs> what? No, yeah, I was just curious because you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We haven't announced it yet. But yeah, when, when, when are you going to announce it? Because oh, do we probably. need to hold off? No, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We're pretty chill. You say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like uh, William. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll ask her and send you a text yeah, yeah. <laughs> later. But yeah. Because um, we can push it if you don't want people to hear it right. first. <laughs> so, yeah, along with the recruiting thing. Congratulations, man. That's super exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I, it's like just being home, like being in my home. Yeah. Um, I think especially because I was like a boarding student when I was 16. Like I wasn't – I haven't had home since yeah. I was, a, you know, a teenager. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just like settling into a family and a home and then, yeah, talking – or uh, doing art. Like yeah. uh, I started painting um, – I don't remember exactly when I, I kind of dabbled with it for a long time and then started to take it more seriously during COVID lockdown. Okay. So you weren't a serious painter or artist in that, that facet yeah. until COVID. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you, like you were interested in it and played around with it and stuff like that, but right. never really spent a whole lot of time yeah, or energy on it? Never, um, never like decide, never had like come to the conclusion and decided like, okay, I want this to be a part of my life. Life mm-hmm. like probably for the rest of my career and I want this to be something that I'm, I'm disciplined in pursuing and, and yeah, just making just, yeah. Um, so your, your artwork is super sick. Like it's really cool. I like it a lot. Like I follow all your stuff on social media. We'll put, we'll put the uh, links and stuff so people can check it out. Um, but, um, but it really, it, it appeals to me a lot. And, um, so say a little bit about your approach to it. Cause it's, it's it's interesting and it's unique. Like I don't see you don't see a lot of um, you don't see a lot of processes like what you're using to, right. to put your stuff together. So talk a little bit about that and why why you use those props. How yeah. you, how you figured out to do them? Yeah. So I think my my philosophy and my um, motivation just from a, a creative not even a creative standpoint from a, a practical like how what am I going to do to get the result I want. I was in the kitchen. I was very good about learning boundaries and learning like this is okay and this is okay and this is what well seasoned food tastes like. And, but how I got there, I didn't care how anybody else did it. Like I just wanted to understand my ingredients and get there. Like I could, I could, I would learn recipes and and understand them. But I was more, more just I just wanted to understand the ingredients mm-hmm. and uh, understand how I could treat them best. Mm-hmm. And with art, I think it's been the same thing. So I've kind of I became very like disenchanted using. Uh, paints and whatever because I'm like okay this is it's just a, it's a product I don't feel connected to it it doesn't feel uh, natural or organic it doesn't mean anything to me like it's and that's not to say that if you like use paints obviously most artists do right. I'm just saying for for me I wanted I wanted to work with uh, nature in some aspect I knew that and I wanted to work with uh, things around me um, mm-hmm. and that probably comes from being a chef and like you're always looking at what's growing around you and that's what you're going to base your your menus off of mm-hmm. so that started to i started using fire with my art um because i thought oh that's a good way to like interact with nature a little bit in a, in a way that i can't co- totally control mm-hmm. and so i started doing that uh all pretty much all my works on canvas um just so you have kind of a reference for what i do um pretty much everything i do is on canvas i do some sculptures here and there but what i apply to the canvas is can be like i guess i would be considered a mixed media artist but um i would say yeah 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 for sure <laughs> and we'll, we'll post some clips from your instagram like to the the thing i just okay. people get see what it's about but it's pretty yeah. wild to watch the process yeah so um a lot of my studio is actually kitchen tools like yeah. my old retired <laughs> or yeah. sabbatical kitchen tool, your tools. fish spatula yeah, like oysters, knives, yeah. kitchenaid mixers yeah. like so that that definitely like i said i i want to use uh ingredients that i'm attached to so right now most of my work i still use fire here and there uh, i think that'll be a part of my work for a while probably but um i'm using a lot of clay right now so that and that's the only thing i'm using clay and charcoal and to be even more specific right now i'm basing uh almost all the work i'm producing off of cave people mm-hmm. like it's inspired by cave people in what way <laughs> uh I don't know how, I guess I got to thinking about cavemen somehow. I think because I was thinking about using um, fire art. and like, yeah, that a lot of people had mentioned that like my art kind of has a, a very elemental, like uh, raw, yeah, sort of. raw prehistoric, even like people said like very specific words that got me thinking. Yeah. 
And yeah, I guess just subconsciously I went down a lot of rabbit holes and then started to actually formulate my thoughts and journal about them. And um, I eventually landed at cavemen. Like that was what felt natural to me because it was right. the beginning of uh, like humankind, right? And they were making art. And why is this person who like is literally being hunted by wild animals and like fighting to survive, why are they making art? Like, right. but, and so I think it's That's like, interesting. It's an interesting thought process. Right. So, and what was their, what were they trying to achieve by it? Right. What were they trying to communicate right. to this, this art? Right. And, yeah. um, yeah, that was just inspiring for me to think about. And I'm like, well, I want my art. It, like right now it's a very literal sense, like looks like cave paintings. Yeah. Um, sometimes in a more abstract way, but like, I want, I want to have that perspective of art, like be kind of free from what, um, the art industry is or what society wants art to be or even society itself and just be like okay i'm a human and i want to make art why you know why and yeah. just and just start making the art where's that where does that desire and urge come from right to, to to do that it's interesting i don't know if you realize this but you referred to your medium as uh ingredients just so you know did i really yeah you did wow so just Weird. so you know <laughs> yeah and then the, using the fire and stuff totally totally is part yeah of the, part of it that that i think relates to me That's is right. how these things kind of like all interplay yeah right to tell right. a story or or to evoke an emotion or whatever yeah um that's super cool um that's funny. yeah yeah you were like my ingredients i was like interesting <laughs> it's like i don't yeah, think I he knows he's doing that no i didn't catch that yeah that's funny cool awesome so so you've got this caveman thing going on right now yeah i can't wait to see that stuff yeah so like i said right now i'm using clay and charcoal and limiting limiting myself just to those things mm-hmm. um, and i use varnishes i seal it all that so there's like actual art supplies or like actual definitely yeah. technique and order to it but um yeah a lot of it's just exploring like where where the why i want to make art yeah and also like just meditating on the lives that these people lived before they had you know we were talking about pressure earlier and i was just thinking about like man what if what is their pressure like yeah what was their pressure like and what if i had a a mindset where i'm like okay i just need to survive today like that's just my you're not worried about saber tooth tigers yeah (laughs) and and when i get a chance like go to the back of my cave and paint and you know that's i think really what i'm looking for in life is like (laughs) yeah that's that's it cool i wonder if you thought about so you didn't you didn't go to culinary school Mm-mm. you didn't go to art school uh-uh. i'm wondering if that lack of instruction yeah in the you know the direction that you've gone has allowed you to um approach food and art in a way that's abstract from other people right mm-hmm. so you're able to approach it from a, a maybe a more creative way because you don't have that foundation that's right. been pounded into you yeah right um, where it's like, okay, braises happen like this. Yeah. It's a very specific method to braise. Right. Right. But maybe for you, you can say, well, okay, this is the finished product. I don't necessarily have to get there through these steps. I can take this, yeah. this route. Absolutely. And I think that's ac- exactly how I got to think about cavemen is come like, they didn't have anything to look to, to influence the work they did. Right. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they had was whatever was in there. And I've always been looking for that in food and with art mm-hmm. is like, understanding like i said understanding my surroundings being in touch with being present to what i'm around with and what ingredients i have or uh you know what materials i have in front of me to make art and yeah i lost that train of thought (laughs) no i mean we're rambling so it's totally cool but so that so what you were just talking about led me to your new project um we got sidetracked we talked about your um your new family development which is super exciting but um that's I'm excited to hear that you you have a project on the horizon because you've had a fast track approach to everything mm-hmm. and you've made some pretty uh, pretty hardcore decisions along the way yeah. like to walk away from your career right um you know when it's kind of just kicking off yeah, is a big I mean that's take some fucking nuts man like I'm not going to lie it's scary yeah, yeah like, that's <laughs> like take some balls to do that um so kudos for that for like you know, having the self-awareness and the, you know, the, the bravery to say, Hey, I got to do this mm-hmm. right for my family and for me. But now knowing that you have something cooking in the back of your mind of, that's going to be coming to town is exciting mm. because it sounds to me like there's a lot of growth happening for you right now. Like yeah. a lot of kind of discovery, you know, this art, the art is obviously therapeutic and doing a lot of stuff for your creativity yeah. and your approach. 
Um, so that's super exciting. Is there anything that you can say about the concept, what you want to do um, without giving away what yeah. the restaurant's going to be or, or anything that you're kind of bound to? Right. I don't um, want to get you in trouble, but I'm interested yeah, no. to kind of, I'm interested and I think people would like to know kind of what maybe is coming down the road. Yeah. Maybe I can say what I'm focused on in my yeah. life right now. And you can understand that that's with me keeping I almost said the name of the restaurant yeah. in, in mind, the place, the, you know, the place <laughs> in mind in the future, because I feel like I'm preparing for that. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, I'm learning like how to like freaking change diapers right now. You know, I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning how to be a dad and, yeah. um, and take care of a family. And again, that's the, the non-negotiable in my life, like moving into restaurant work again, eventually. Um, so that's my, that's my biggest priority right now is like focusing on my health, how I can be he- healthy. But then the art is definitely, I'm really exploring ideas of, I'm exploring ideas for the food I will cook in my art now in a, in a very abstract manner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I think it would probably be very hard for a lot of people to understand like what's going on in, in my head to, to correlate the two, like what's happening in, in my life creatively now and how that's going to correlate to uh, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say that's absolutely something that I'm, I'm intentionally developing my, my philosophy on. And um, I have a lot of very specific ideas and I'm, I'm uh, giving them time to age in my head and, and see how they do. And I might kick them out and throw something else in, but um, yeah, right now a very, very specific plan and design and all of that in mind. But like I said, I'm, I'm going to give it time and, and develop my own uh, creative ability and um, identity and then uh, probably start pursuing it um hopefully with a, a healthier mindset and a, and a very just very intentional like i just want to when it's time to do that like i just want to know like this is what i want to do yeah this is how i want my food to taste um and again i don't um how i get there is not as important to me um i think because yeah it just has to be natural right so i can't i don't want to force it do you have like a time frame in mind that you'd like to see this this restaurant come to fruition or are you just kind of like you know let yeah so like we've spoken about um potentially like the next couple years like a couple years from now okay um but it's also we have a very kind of open conversation about like just where i'm at and and they're great they're really supportive of like yeah okay you need to you need to be right and and ready to do it and Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i think tentatively kind of a few years away cool so Right on. Yeah. But I mean, maybe, maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and be, and be like, like oh, right, it's, it's time to it's go. It's time to go. Yeah. yeah let's get suit think, up guys. Let's, I think, let's I think this. likely knowing myself, that's what's going to happen. Is right. I'm going to, I'll probably literally wake up one morning and be like, all right, let's, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. So everything just kind of needs to, it needs to ferment yeah. to use a, a culinary yeah. term. It needs to ferment and get yeah. there when it's ready. It's yeah. ready. And then you go. Yeah. Good for you. Um, cool, man. Well, we're, we're just over an hour. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we, um, before we cut it? No, I covered covered cave people. Yeah, yeah, you got, we got some really good hashtags out of this. This and we're gonna we're gonna have a heyday with it. Yeah, no, I think I think that's good. Awesome, man. Well, like, thanks for coming down here and sharing with me, man. It's a very interesting story. I'm excited about what you got going on. Your art's awesome. I'm gonna pick up a piece. I know I I hit you up and told yeah. you I was gonna get a piece. I just need to figure out which one I want. Yeah, yeah. And we'll I'll get that. And um, yeah, man, keep doing your thing and keep us in the loop. Let me know what's going on. Cool. All right. Thanks, William. Yeah, thank you. Cool.